Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, I want to pick up a little bit where I left off uh, last Sunday night um, and talk a little bit about identity. Amen. Uh, the title of the message was Identify, and I'm picking up, and you can just put Identify Part 2. In fact, I'm even following my numbering system, so this is a rarity for me, but but uh, y'all can just hold on. You know, Hopefully, we'll get there tonight. Praise God. But there's just some things that, that the Spirit of God has been stirring in me um, about identity and identifying fully with who God has created us to be and who the Father has, has made us to be. There's some things that have been stirring in my spirit. And how many of you know that, that, that if, if God is stirring something, then we need to lean into that, right? Hallelujah. And, and as we know, you know, I said this last week, but I just in case you weren't here, haven't listened to the podcast yet. Um, I want to kind of review what I said, you know, in this in this country and, and in this world right now, there's an identity crisis that's going on, right? And can, can anybody testify that you've picked up on that there's an identity crisis? People are having a hard time identifying what, uh, uh, who they are, even to the most core parts of who, who, who God has created them to be, the most normal and natural parts. There's confusion. There's, there's uh, deception that's been going on. And, and, and we're in an identity crisis as, as a country and as a world. Um, and and, and it, goes, it goes into every, every level of, of our society, right? Can anyone say, yeah, they, they've seen that? And, and you know, I'm not, I'm not here to, to, to talk negatively about anyone who's, who's suffering from an identity crisis, but more I'm trying to speak to the answers that, 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 that we have as the body of Christ uh, uh, to present and to represent Christ well in this nation and, and in our society and to each other, amen, so that we can cause people to come up out of the, the mire and the clay that, that the enemy has tried to catch capture and keep them in so so that we can represent Christ well and show who God has made us to be so that they can have a taste of what God is doing and they can see it amen the the bible says that we're supposed to, we're supposed to have the ministry of reconciliation we are we are called to reconcile people back to the identity that God originally originally created them for we're, that's our ministry. That God has anointed. There's not one person in this building tonight that's not in the ministry. Amen. You may not be uh, in the fivefold ministry, but you are in the ministry. It's called the ministry of reconciliation and the ministry of helps. Let me put a plug in there. You are called to 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 reconcile people back. To their, to their true identity, to, to what God has created them to be. But, but I, know that, I know this, that, that you can't uh, uh, call somebody else into something that you're not living in. Right? You can't, it says, as you freely receive, freely give. But if you're not receiving of what God has done in you, if you're not drinking from that well, then how many know that, that you can't, you don't have anything to serve, right? If you're not, if you don't have anything in the cupboard, then you can't, you can't invite anybody in to feed uh, and, and, and dine at your table, right? But if you know your cupboard's full, see, the, the issue is that all of our cupboards are slammed full, but, but we've just not gone to peek in the cupboard and in some certain areas, right? 
Because God has created us just like him. He's, he's made us just like him. He's, he's identified us fully in Christ Jesus. So our cupboard is slammed full with, with a lot of things that we can share and divvy out and invite people to dine on and give them a taste. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, who, who, who are they going to, uh, how are they going to taste? They're going to taste by you inviting them to the table right? They're going to taste by you inviting them to the table of the things that you have, have begun to taste of and see so that they can experience it. Amen. And I think, of, I, I think about uh, uh, um, uh, Maverick and, and the miracle year that, that he's had. Amen. Anybody thankful? Glory to God that we've seen God on, the, on display for an entire year uh, uh, in, their, in his life. Amen. And, and, and Luke and Rayleigh, they, they have an opportunity to display or to, to spread out a table to those that are around them, amen, to say, look what God has done in my life. Look at what, see, we identified that God was a healer and he wasn't just a healer in the general since he was the healer of our child. And because of that, they have a spread, a table to spread out. Come on. Some people, some people are, 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 are frustrated because they're in the fire, but how do you know it's in the fire that the pure gold comes out? Amen. So don't be mad at the fire. Don't be mad that you're in a time where you're having to, to, to mix up some ingredients some faith and some trust and some and some faithfulness and stir up those things because how many you know without the fire there is no cake come on you just you just have cake batter until the fire comes and so, so there, there, there's been some things cooking in, in, in their lives, and there's been some things cooking in your lives, and there's been some things cooking in our church as a whole. And, and the things that are cooking are, are there to produce something, glory to God, that would be a display for others to see and to partake of. I like cake. You know, it's it's always good when 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 uh, uh, some some of these ladies in in the church uh, make up a cake and the, and then and then they're like, you know what? The Lord just put it on my heart to bring this to you, and, and I'm like, yes, Lord, that is God. Yes, that is God. Then I have to go up a pant size, and I don't know if that's God or not, but. But here's the thing. I appreciate when they, when they bring, bring a cake because it's, it's good. It, 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 it has flavor, and it, and, it, and, it, and it makes me happy. Amen. But, you know, I wouldn't appreciate if they just brought me a bowl of the, of the cake batter that they made up and said, here's, here's, a, here's some batter. There you go. Lord wanted me to bring you this batter. Number one, because I don't really know what to do with it. Right? <laughs> so I would just have this batter and I'd be like, all right, cool, thank you. But but it wouldn't it wouldn't do anything for me. But God's trying to get God's trying to get us to take the ingredients, amen, and put them together so that we can produce a, a, a cake for others to dine on, amen. Or whatever you like to eat, amen. But but I want to just repeat this also, you know, many times we can tell what God is trying to do by what the enemy is trying to counterfeit. I said many times you can tell what God is trying to do by what the enemy's trying to counterfeit. And this, this, this is in the personal, in your personal life. This is also in, in, in a national way. You can tell what God, what God is trying to do, and you can see the enemy is taking. See, I said this last week, but, but God has created man to be able to identify with something that they believe even greater than what they see with their natural eye. Do you know that's a God-given ability, that man can tap into something that they believe? 
believe and say, I believe this, even though the natural totally, totally tells me something otherwise, I can, I believe this instead. And in some areas we say, oh, that, that's crazy. Just look at the natural. But how many know that's because the enemy has taken what, what God has given an ability to tap into an unseen reality and bring it into the natural. He's taking, the enemy's taking that, that innate ability that God's put in man and twisted it and tried to pervert it and tried to bring it under his subjection, right? But if we can, if we can tell people and, and release to people and, and show people even more so with our lives that there is an identity that they can tap into, an unseen reality. Yeah, you're supposed to believe something that you, uh, you're supposed to live out something you believe even bigger than what you see, but it's not what you're living out. It's, it's this reality. It's this heavenly reality. It's this reality in Christ Jesus. You were never made to serve yourself. You were never made to be bound by the natural. You were never made to be bound by, by, by what you identify with sexually or, or in any other way. You were never made to identify with, with how your finances are looking or what your family history is or, or what your circumstances are or how it's always been. You were never meant to identify with that, but you were actually meant to identify with someone who came and gave his life for you and bought you back from the kingdom of darkness and brought you over into the kingdom of life. This is who you are supposed to be identifying with. This is who God has made you to be. This is who you were re really created to be. And can you see when you're living uh, and grabbing hold of an identity that's true, that's true according to the word of God. Come on, the word of God describes an identity. When we're living out of that and displaying that, then there's something for people to come and dine on. Right? So I better get going here. You know, but this is also, I do, do want to say this. The Lord was stirring me this while Brother Doug was, was talking about offering. You can, you can tell what, the enemy, what God's trying to do many times uh, by what the enemy's trying to do in your life in, on, the on, the, on the personal front as well. Fi ever had finances get tight? Right, when you were trying to believe God for something that, that, that was bigger? You know, anytime I find finances starting to get tight, you know what I do? I choose to tap into what, what God has said about me, and I give in the tightness. Because I refuse to buy into what the enemy is trying to do by natural pressure or by outside circumstances, but I choose to tie into what God has said. Amen. I choose to tie into who God's made me to be. Did God bless us or, or not? Are we blessed or, or do we believe we're blessed or do we not? Do we believe that he supplies all our needs or not? Do we believe that he's, that he's uh, uh, going to give exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think? Do we believe that he'll give us good measure, pressed down, shaken together, or running over? Amen. The way that we, we display that we believe it is not only by what we, what we say, but also the actions that follow through. And so when you feel things starting to get tired, uh, financially, that's not the time to back off. That's what the enemy's trying to get you to do. That's the direction the enemy's trying to get you to, to take. He's trying to get you to back up because he's affecting the natural realm, the area that he has influence to try to push you off of the plan of God in that arena. Right? But if you can choose to identify who God's made you to be, then you respond from that place, then all of a sudden the enemy has no traction. Because the enemy can't keep the blessing of God from you. What he tries to do is influence you to, to think a different way so that you'll respond a different way, right? 
So whether it's in finances or, or, or many times, you know, I've, I've seen this. God will, will try to, will, will, is trying to bring the, 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 the right person. Can I talk to the, to the young people? Ha, hallelujah. God is trying to bring the right person in your life. But, but, but very often before that time comes, somebody else comes walking down, walking down the street singing, dude, I did it, dumb did it do. And, and, and you're like, you look good. You look fine. And, and oh, I nearly lost. No, you did lose your mind because you got off of what God was trying to do and you set your eyes on something else. Amen. And it was a counterfeit for what God was trying to bring to pass anyway. It was a counterfeit. Amen. Doesn't mean the person's bad or the person's evil. I'm not talking about that, but it's a counterfeit for the relationship that God had in store. Amen. Mark, do you ever have any counterfeits try to come in before Miss Cat? Cat said, I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah, that, that's, how, that's how the enemy works. And if you, if, you, if you see a compromise coming, come on, let's be, the Bible says that we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be uh, gentle as doves but wise as serpents, that we're not to be ignorant of the devil's devices, right, the devil's schemes. And, and so we ought, to be, we ought to think clearly and look clearly and see clearly and be able to identify. And the thing is, is if we know that our identity is sure in Christ and that we know that God has planned to take care of us, the Bible says, uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, we know this, that he has a plan for a future and a hope, a plan to prosper us a plan to bless us. He's got a plan and he's got a purpose. Amen. And we've got to have enough identity in him to know that we can trust him if he's witnessing on the inside saying, no, 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 don't give into that financial pressure. Give. Don't buy the Nikes today. Go ahead and give instead. Amen. God, uh, Brother Doug was speaking my language. Amen. I like tennis shoes. Amen. My wife can testify. I, I, I like Jordans and I, and I like uh, uh, I like Air Maxes and I, li I like those, those kinds of things. But there's been plenty of times where the Lord has said, hold off, don't buy those. Instead, do this. Amen. And then before you know it, about a month and a half later, you got more money than you, than you knew you were going to have, and you can buy what you want and still have more to give left over. That's the way the plan of God works. So, so we ought to be wise whenever we sense the outside pressure of a thing. Well, I'm getting old. I'm getting too old. I, I, need to, I, need to, I need to find a mate. If I don't find a mate now, then, then, then my time's up and, and, and my, my clock is ticking. And, and, and these are lies of the enemy that the enemy tries to bring with outside pressure because, because he's, trying to, he's trying to get you off the course. Well, I thought I'd be married by now. Well, I thought, I, I thought I'd have this job by now. Come on. Well, these are the things that the, the enemy's trying to bring. And, 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 when you, when he, and like I said last week, if he can get you into worrying about those things, it's, it's not that he cares so much about you worrying. He's bringing a Trojan horse of worry to come so that you will let worry in the doors of your life. The Bible says, I, I believe it was the, the Faith Island Scripture this week, that says, uh, above all things, guard your heart, for out of, the, out of it comes the issues of life. Amen. Amen. And, and, and what, what, what is God saying there? He said, you got to guard your heart because what the enemy wants to do is he wants to come in and, and knock on your door and give you a gift, which is a Trojan horse or it's worry or it's doubt or it's unbelief. And he's knocking on the door to get you to let worry in, not because he cares about you worrying, but because in the worry, hiding in the worry is the following thing that is coming your way to get you off the course of the plan of God. Right? And so we have to be diligent 
to guard our hearts and to take seriously what the word of God says about us, what God, the word of God says about what he will do for us. Uh, and we don't, it is, it, it is not, not up to us to come up with our own plan. But we have to identify fully with the plan of God and the purpose of God. Amen? Is that good? And, you know, we saw, we, we, said, we said this, Moses, you know, uh, he was a deliverer. And he threw down his rod. But the magicians had a rod too, and they threw down the rod, right? And, and, and just, because, just because you see that the enemy has something that, that looks similar and, and looks like it's, it's just as good, how many of you know that if you'll just wait around a minute? Come on, look at your neighbor and say, wait around a minute. Trust God. Don't give in. Don't give up. Don't accept the counterfeit. See, Moses could have said, oh, Lord, they threw down the rods and they turned into a snake. I'm taking my rod. I'm out of here. They got the same, they got the same power. The enemy doesn't have the same power. How many, how many remember what happened? His rod swallowed up their rods. And I'm telling you, if you will wait on the Lord, come on, if you will wait on the Lord, don't accept. I don't know why this is in my heart tonight. I didn't have this in my notes. But don't accept a counterfeit. Don't accept a counterfeit. It might be a counterfeit job. It might be a counterfeit situation. It might be a counterfeit uh, uh, business opportunity. It might be a counterfeit uh, mate. It might be a counterfeit uh, uh, plan. I don't know what it is for you, but, but I'm telling you, this is in my heart strong right now. Don't accept a counterfeit in the place of what God is trying to do. He's, he's given you the rod of the identity in him, and he's expecting you to wait a minute. Just trust in him. Just believe in him and watch his plan swallow up the plan of the enemy watch his plan swallow up the plan that the enemy had laid for you come on anybody can testify that they waited a minute and saw the saw the deliverance of the lord come on it's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises many times we're believing in faith and we're so we're we're we're, we're impatient with it because our identity isn't secure in who God has said said he was or what he said he would do our identity isn't secure in that and so so we have the faith part down but then we lose patience and accept the counterfeit don't accept the counterfeit hallelujah amen we have to identify, and we have to be, we have to be wise. Amen. Uh, Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Amen. This isn't just knowledge, uh, understanding things and knowing things as a natural, as a natural man. Amen. It's, it, it's spiritual things. The things of God are, are, are received spiritually, and they're discerned spiritually, right? And so we have to identify. We have to identify and go after the knowledge that God is trying to present. Amen. Uh, number four. My intro took 20 minutes. Is that good? Um, number four, identify as a dead man. Y'all like, hold up. Wait a minute. Pastor's back. You can't be preaching this false doctrine. No, identify as a dead man. Let's turn over to Romans chapter 6. And it says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who... What died to sin, live any longer in it, say died. 
Or do you not know that as many who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized also into his death? He's, what is he talking about? He's talking about identifying with something. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead even by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. Amen. And uh, um, it says, for if we've been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Glory to God. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died for, uh, to sin once and for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you. Likewise, you. Say, likewise, me. You reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in, in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. Hallelujah. And your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under law but under grace. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't it interesting that, that uh, uh, just as a side note, he says you're not under law, you're under grace. And he just got done talking about identifying with, with being dead to sin, not letting sin reign in your mortal body, that sin has no longer mastery over you. Amen. Grace does not empower us to be okay with sin. Grace empowers us to reign victorious over sin so that we would no longer be slaves and serve sin, but that we would be able to conquer and reign over sin in our mortal bodies. Amen. That's a side note. It's free. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, and so what I want to see here, what I want you to see here is, is we have to identify as a dead man. There are, there are certain things that still present themselves as desires and, and, and as thoughts and as, and, and as cravings that, that no longer have anything to do with who you are. Amen. They no longer have to do with what God has done in you. They no longer have to do with, with what Christ has, has recreated in you. Amen. Like we read last week in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that, that old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We are a new creation, amen. And so the things that are presenting themselves to try to speak and try to, to, to uh, move in and, and cause you to come off the course that God had ori originally put in your heart, those things are of a dead man and of a dead nature, fully dead. Anyone send the, send the princess bride? And they bring Wesley in, and, 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 and he's like, I think he's dead. And he takes the... the Fan flamer, the what? The bellows. Thank you, Joby. I knew we kept you around for some reason. Uh, the bellows, he puts it in his mouth, and, and then he's like, true love. And, and, and the guy's like, oh, he's only mostly dead. Your old man isn't mostly dead. He's fully dead. You can't, you, don't, you can't take the bellows and put them into the, the mouth of your old man and, and, and blow some wind and, and him to say, I still reign. No, he's truly dead, completely dead, right? How many of you know that, that dead men don't speak? How many of you know that dead men don't have ideas? How many of you know that dead men don't, don't, don't tell you what to do? Right? 
We know this. A a dead man doesn't uh, doesn't have fear. Right? How many know cancer can't live in a dead man? Cancer has to have something that's alive to be attached to. Right? And what am I saying? I'm saying we need to identify the, the, the reality that we have died. The old man, the, the, the man that was uh, uh, contracted to be, be uh, ruled and reigned by sin is no longer in our lives. That old man has been crucified with Christ. He's been buried in baptism. Amen. And he's been completely dealt with. And so we don't, we don't owe, uh, I, like, I think the uh, uh, Message Bible says, we don't owe, owe the old life one red cent. We don't have to give in to its whims. We don't have to obey it, it, it and run little errands for it, I think it says. The, uh, the, the, the thing is, is that many times we're running little errands around for this old man that doesn't really have a voice anymore, that really doesn't have any authority anymore, that really doesn't have any ideas that anymore. They're just old, dead things that we're still living and ha- have put an altar to, but that, that man is dead, that person is dead, and he has no right in your life anymore. And if you identify with be fully dead for that old man to be fully dead identify with him and put him in the grave and bury him once and for all amen sickness had a right to the old man he doesn't have a right to the new man I said sickness doesn't have a right to the new man he had a right to rule and reign in the old man but that old man is dead and gone. And so if sickness tries to come and knock on your door, you can say, no, that old man has been fully dealt with and died. I'm a new man. There, 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 is, no, there is no room for sickness anymore. Amen. You know, I took, this ver- I took these, these scriptures, and, and, and I, I, I began to, to, to replace the things that, that my old man was speaking about. And I would say, what shall we say then? Shall I continue in sickness that health may abound? Certainly not. How shall I, who have died to sickness, live any longer in it? I took these scriptures. Uh, it, you can take it and do it with whatever is, is, is trying to speak in your life. What shall I say then? Shall I continue not tithing so that blessing can abound? Certainly not. How, how shall I, who died to poverty, live any longer in it? What shall I say then? Shall I continue in this addiction? That grace and freedom may abound? Certainly not. How, who I, how shall I, who have died to this addiction, live any longer in it? Amen. This, this, this works for anything, in any situation, in anything that you're facing. Amen. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 2 and verse uh, 20, just for time's sake. Uh, well, let's go ahead and read it. It's all right. We're in church. We can read some scriptures. This is Paul. He's, he's identified himself. As a dead man, just in case you're saying, Steve, this sounds a little too, little too out there. What did Paul say? He said, I have been crucified with Christ. He said, I fully identified that my old man is dead and gone. I have been crucified with Christ. And he says it even a little bit stronger. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh I no longer live it for myself, he's saying. I no, I no longer exist because of what my desires or my thoughts or, or, or my old ways or my old man's attention uh, 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 to things. Amen. But, but now, as he says, and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
He fully identified himself as, as a dead man. Amen. Why? So that he could then yield his body, yield his, his life that he now lived in the flesh fully for what Christ had called him to do. He said, I like one translation that says, it's no longer me, but just simply Christ using this body. Come on, that's good. Hallelujah. Is Christ addicted to anything? Is Christ struggling uh, looking at things on the internet? Is Christ struggling with, 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 with his identity? Is Christ struggling with, with, with whether he should, he should tithe or not or, or whether he should, should give when things get tight? No, no, Christ doesn't struggle with those things because he's, he's fully, he has a full understanding of who he is, right? There, Christ isn't trying to identify with himself. He is fully identified. Right? He's fully identified, and he doesn't struggle with those things. We have to identify with him. So if we're having thoughts that Christ would not have, then we have to remove, remove our, our thinker, come on, say thinker, and put it on what Christ would think. If we're having problems doing something that we know Christ isn't having issues doing, if we believe the word that says we have been identified in him, we've been seated together with him, then we have to remove our actions and say, I, will, I choose not to yield, even though these things are still speaking, even though these, the, this dead man is still trying to have a voice, even though this dead man is still, still doing this. Come on. I choose not to listen to that. I choose to obey what the word of God is said, I choose to obey what the Spirit of God is saying on the inside, and I choose to fully identify with who I am now, a new creation. Amen? Number five, identify as the temple. And this is obviously not an exhaustive list. It's just some things that the Lord has stirred me about. Um, pastors have been talking about uh, us as a, as a body being the temple of the Holy Spirit, but I want to I hit this as, as you individually, the temple of the Holy Ghost. You as, as, as a person are also the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I just think about, you know, in the, in the, in the Old Testament when, when uh, they had the Ark of the Covenant, right? And the presence of God dwelled in the, in the ark, and they, and they carried the ark around, and, and the presence of God was in there. And, and how many know that whenever the, the ark was in the camp, the blessing was in the camp? Uh, you know, David um, wanted to go, the, 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 the Ark of the Covenant uh, was not in the camp, and he wanted to go get it. And, and so he brings, you know, he brings a bunch of people together. And you can find this in, in 2 Samuel. We won't look at it, but 2 Samuel uh, chapter 6, verse 7, if you, if you want to go back and look at it. But uh, in, in 2 Samuel, we find David's trying to get the Ark of the Covenant back into the camp. And he kind of does it his own way, Right? He kind of does it his own way. He gets a group of people, and they, and they, um, they go and get the ark, and they're car carrying it. You know, God prescribed a certain way to do things. How many know God still prescribes a certain way to do things? And when you're identified with him, you don't mind doing it his way. Because, like I said, you trust that he's got, he's got the whole thing figured out. Anyway, uh, so they're, they're carrying it, you know, back to the, to the camp. And they hit a bump or something. I don't know what happens, but, but somehow the, the Ark of the Covenant begins to rock. And um, old Uzzah, you know, he's like, that's not a good thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach up and I'm going to steady this thing. And he does, and what happens to him? He dies, right? 
Soon as he contacts the ark, he, he dies. And the Bible says, actually, that God's anger uh, was stirred and, and struck him. And so David was kind of annoyed at God, really. And he calls, he calls that place uh, God, God's, God's anger st- striking out or something. The, I don't know the Hebrew name, but that was basically the translation. But then immediately the Bible says the fear of the Lord came on him. We need to identify ourselves with the fear of the Lord. I didn't even plan to say this, but I just want to say this for a moment. Uh, we need to identify ourselves with the fear of the Lord. It's still right to have an awe and reverence for who God is. It's still right to have, a, have an awe and reverence for what God says. He is God. And I think Pastor Greg brought this out a couple of weeks ago, but, but he is God, you know. And, if, and if, God, if God had said, you know, the only way to come to me is to, to stand on your head for 35 minutes and then, and then crawl on your belly, how I many you know it would be right to do that if that's what God had prescribed the way to him would be, Right? God, God, because he's God, and, and the thing is, is God is so good and so faithful and so true and so loving. He never prescribes things that are there to hurt us or to, or to bring us low, uh, low in the sense of not for our good, but rather he prescribes things because he has our, our good at heart. It's an Old Testament scripture that said, I have a plan for a future and a hope, right? It is God who's all, the Father has always had a plan to bring us into blessing and bring us into more and bring us into fullness, but he prescribes a way to get there. He, pri- he prescribes a, a, a way to, to follow that plan, and, and here it was. God had prescribed a certain way to bring the ark, and it was to have the, have the Levites carry the, the ark of the covenant. It was to make sacrifices every, every 30 paces or something like that. I don't, I don't know exactly. I don't remember, but it was something ki- that would kind of seem a little annoying. You know, if you imagine if you had to make a journey and every so often you have to stop and, and kill the fatted calf and make a sacrifice and, and, and offer it up to the Lord and, and, and do these different things, it, it, could see, it could seem cumbersome. And in our, natural, in our natural way of understanding things, we might say, you know, I know God said this and I know God has prescribed things this way, but, but I, I'm beginning to identify with the way I want to do things. I'm beginning to identify with, with, with what, what the world is saying. I'm beginning to identify with with the current of this natural world or whatever it is and we choose to step away from the prescribed thing that God has said and so what happens is, is the ark start, starts to rock, and, and, and Uzzah touches it, and, and, he, and he dies, and, and thank God we're in grace right now. Amen. God's, not, God's anger is not stirred, and he's not striking anybody dead in that way uh, 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 because you, 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 you made a mistake. He's full of mercy. Amen. He, and, he does, and even then, he still was a God full of mercy. Amen. But, but he's provided a sacrifice so that that stuff isn't happening anymore. But, but the reality is that there is is still a way that God prescribes things. How many know he's still, he, he, God has prescribed pastors. God has set those in the church as he sees fit. Well, if I was a pastor, I wouldn't do it that way. Well, that's fine, but you're not the pastor. Why? Because God didn't set you. Right? I mean, do we believe the word or do we not? Well, I wish that you know, they would do it this way, or I wish that, well, okay, that's fine. But God has set some things up. 
in a certain way, in a certain place. And it would be better for us to, to, to not lean onto our own understanding, but acknowledge him in all our ways so that he can lead us and guide us, amen, so that we can enjoy the blessing of the Lord. Because when the ark is in the, when the, ark is in the camp, the blessing of the Lord is in the camp. When we follow the prescribed way and yield ourselves more fully to the way God has set some things up and not lean to our own understanding, our own way of doing things, or our own uh, 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 thoughts of how things should be set up or done, but rather yield to the way God has set it up, how many of you know the blessing comes? Hallelujah. When you're submitted to the things that God has ordained, then the blessing comes. And there's some people that probably are struggling a little bit in, in the area of blessing. It's because you might be, you might be submitted in, in, in some ways, but you're not fully submitted to the plan of God. And I'm just saying this. I'm not looking at anybody, but I'm saying by the Spirit of God that if you, you might be struggling in some areas. And I feel like there's some people that are struggling financially. And the reason is, is because you've not fully submitted to God. You might be doing a part or you might be doing a parcel, uh, and and yet you've not fully laid the things down that God is asking you to lay down. Maybe it's an attitude, and that's what's keeping you from, from, from giving fully, or maybe it's a disagreement that's keeping you from giving fully. I'm telling you, if you will let go of those things and submit to what God is saying, the blessing will come back. See, God is saying, if you will submit in faith, if you will obey in faith, it's the willing and the obedient. You have to be willing 100% and obedient 100%. And when those things come together, the blessing will come in. Amen. I don't know who that's for, but take it. The Holy Ghost didn't say who it's for, and, it, and it's none of my business, but you know who you are if that's for you. Receive it with gladness. Amen. Make the correction, and the blessing of God will come. Amen. But my point is, is if we'll identify with God as being uh, as us being a, a temple for God's presence to dwell, amen, then we'll begin to realize that the blessing of the Lord is upon us. We'll be able to see. So what happened was uh, um, David said, you know what, let's just park this ark over at, at Obed's house. And and, and Obed said, okay, yeah, I'll take, I'll take it. Let's just park it here. And in three months' time, uh, uh, David, reports were coming to David that Obed's uh, house and everything he touched was blessed. In three months' time. I don't know what was happening, but I'm telling you what, if something is, is happening within three months' time that's making the king get jealous, what was the blessing that was coming on his house? It said the blessing was on his house and everything he touched. So, so if in three months' time there was blessing on, on Obed's house that was making the king, and, and rumors were getting back to the king that's saying, man, that man is blessed. In three months' time, what kind of blessing was coming? What kind of blessing was on his house? What was happening? It doesn't describe it, but I can only imagine there's got to be some real blessing for a king to get jealous of what's going on. Because the king's up in his palace hearing, hearing what's happening, right? And he said, I got to get the Ark of the Covenant back into the camp. Come on, we got to get the Ark of the Covenant sometime. We got to identify fully that we are, we are temples of the Holy Spirit because there's some blessing the Lord is trying to bring. Amen. And if the Old Testament blessing, a covenant that, that the, the, the Bible says is a covenant of lesser glory, a covenant of lesser, lesser power, if that covenant could bring blessing in three months just because there was honor for the Ark, honor for the presence of God, what if we began to honor the presence of God that is indwelling in us the way that, the way that they honored 
the Ark of the Covenant, what kind of blessing would come in just a short amount of time that would cause people to start to take notice that God is doing something in that man. God is doing something in that woman. God is doing something in that church. God is doing something in that family. God is doing something at that workplace. God is doing something in that place of business. If we begin to honor the presence of the Lord the way that they honored the Ark of the Covenant, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. God never wanted to dwell in a box, but just being in a box in the camp caused his blessing to come. How much more his blessing and his glory and his power in a man and a woman traveling with, where with him wherever he goes ought to bring the blessing of the Lord wherever you set your foot to. Come on, let's unleash what it looks like to fully identify with Jesus. Let's quit just taking a, a small portion and saying, yeah, I'm okay with this or I'm okay with that and start unleashing our expectation of what it could look like. Identify as the temple. In the presence of the Lord, there is no sickness. In the presence of the Lord, there is no disease. In the presence of the Lord, there is no fear. In the presence of the Lord, there is no, there is no uh, 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 temptation that's too great. In the presence of the Lord, there is no addiction that can hang on. In the presence of the Lord, these things fall off. Why? Because in the presence of the Lord, there's liberty. In the presence of the Lord, there's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. We are containers of the presence of the Lord. We walk around as living arks. Amen. Hallelujah. Identifying as the temple will, will help to identify temptation for what it really is. I said identify. You know, let's turn over to, to uh, uh, just real quick, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm starting to circle. We're looking, looking for a place to land. Amen. In um, <clears throat> chapter 6, and we'll just start in verse 18, it says, Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. For, you do not, uh, for do you not know that what? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God. And what? What does that say? You are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. If we identify that we've been made to be the, 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 the picture, the temple of the Holy Spirit, we'll be able to realize that when temptation comes, that there is, there is nothing in it that really is for us. There is no temptation. And, and, I, and I find it interesting. You know, we, we, we identified worry and, and, and thoughts and concerns as, as a Trojan horse. Let me just say this. Sexual temptation is a, is a Trojan horse for, God, for the enemy to come in and rob you of your destiny. I know that's strong, but it's true. And in this day and in this hour, sexual temptation is everywhere. What do they say? Talk about tithe, tithing, marriage. How do you get the church to be quiet? <laughs> I think I found another one. <clears throat> Everyone's like. 
But can we just be real for a moment? I'm not going to get into any more details than that because we have kids in here. But it's everywhere. It's on every screen. It's on every device. It's on, it's on every uh, uh, commercial. It's on, it's on every corner. It's on every uh, uh, college campus. It's on every high school campus. It's, it's, it's getting to where it's on middle school campuses, right? Temptation of that nature is everywhere. And why is that? It's because the enemy is trying to rob people of their destiny. And every other sin that we do is outside the body. Every other, other sin that the enemy tries, tries to get us uh, into is outside the body. But this is the one that, that is against our own body. And, 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 it, and it, invites, uh, uh, it invites into the most center part of our, of our soulish being. Not into our spirit. You know, it's not our spirits. It's our flesh. But but. but but in, in, how many know that, that that kind of temptation comes to a, to a deeper part of you than, than other temptations? And, it, and its wrap and its hold is deeper than other temptations when it gets a hold of you. Anyone who's, who's dealt with temptation and, and addiction in any of that arena will tell you it takes, it takes the truth of the word of God and a stalwartness of faith to release from that thing. But I tell you, no matter what temptation you are involved in and no matter what temptation the enemy is trying to get you to see as part of your identity, I'm declaring to you tonight it is not who you are. You can be free. And in, the, in, in your identity in Christ, you are already free. And if you will begin to identify as the temple of the Holy Spirit, amen, then you will, it will cause a freedom to rise up on the inside of you that will release you from every temptation in that arena. I've seen just, just on the truth of identity, people, people even, even recently walk away from, from homosexual lifestyles because they began to identify with the word of God and what the word of God has said about them. I'm telling you, people are saying that that's the thing that you, just, you can't get people free from. No, there is nothing that identifying with God. See, that is the, the, the thing that no matter what sexual sin it is, is, they're all meant to do the same thing, to get in and try to switch uh, 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 what you're identifying with. It doesn't matter what, there's not one worse than the other or one different than the other. They're all the same and they all fall under the category of being free free in Christ Jesus. There's not one that's that 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 won't that will keep you. There's not one that'll stay. There's not one that's harder to get rid of. No, not if you will trust and look into the identity that the word of God says about you that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost and there is no unclean thing that lives in the temple. There is no unclean thing that can stay in the temple. There is no unclean thing that that is who you are. No, you've been recreated as the precious holy temple of God and in you dwells the glory of God. And in in you dwells the power of God, and in you dwells the freedom of God, and in you dwells the presence of God. Hallelujah. Identify as the, as the temple, and, and these things, will, will you'll see them for what they are. When they come knocking on your door, you say, those things don't live in the temple. That doesn't live in the temple. Can you imagine? Just for, for a moment, imagine the Old Testament. A demon trying to walk into the, into the presence of God, carrying an unclean thought or an unclean uh, 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 idea or an unclean desire or an unclean uh, 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 temptation. There's no way a demon would even try to come close to the innermost being, innermost courts of, of the presence of God. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And when those things come knocking, man, you just start identifying with who you really are. No, I'm a child of God. 
I've been born of him. Let's just turn over real, real quick, and I'll close with this scripture. Hallelujah. First John, I guess I better tell you where we're going. Let's turn over to this scripture. All right, let's read it. Where are we going? First John chapter 5, verse 4. When you're there, say, God is worthy. First, uh, verse 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You identify as an overcomer. You are an overcomer in Christ Jesus. There is, no, there is no temptation. There's no idea. There's no thought. There's no bondage. There is no uh, 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 immorality. There is no lie. There is no uh, uh, oppression. There is no depression. There is no long-seated uh, mental issue. There is, no, there is nothing in this, in this world because all of that is of this world, Right? All of that is of this world. All those things are birthed out of this world system or the, or, the, or the ruler of this world or because sin entered into this world. There is no sickness. There is no disease. There is no ailment. There is no long-suffering thing that, belo- that belongs to you or that is the ruler over you. No, you have died to all of those things, and you've, you have been recreated in a new identity in Christ Jesus. You are a new man. You are a new woman that is fully identified with who Jesus has made you to be. And if the Lord Jesus is is at the throne of God, uh, uh, not dealing with those things. If he's standing in a place of authority, if he's standing in a place of victory, if if you can see Jesus and he's ruling over those things and he's reigning over those things, that is who you are. That is who you've been created to be. And you are created just like him. This this word here uh, um, that says uh, you are born of God, it literally means the offspring of God. You are the offspring. You are, uh, uh, it means procreate a descendant. It means God procreated a descendant when he recreated you. When you were born of God, you were made with his genes and with his DNA. And in the same way you look like your natural daddy or your natural mama, and you can't, you, you, you can't deny it. Amen. Is anybody, anybody doubt that I look like my daddy? No. Everybody sees, when, when I see his old friends, sometimes they say, hey, Mark, how you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm actually Mark's son. I'm Steven. I'm Steve. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, you look just like your daddy. And I and I know that, and I, and I can't say, no, I don't, I don't look like my daddy. No, I look like my daddy, amen. And the older I get, the more I look like my daddy. We did a celebration for their anniversary, and we put up old pictures, and, and, and there was a picture of him about the same, the same age as I am now with, with me and Joan, and we were at the beach, and, and I saw what he looked like. He had a shirt off, and, and I said, oh, that looks like what I look like in the mirror. And then I looked, and I said, Rachel, I'm on the path. I'm on the path. About the same size at the same age. Lord, help me. But I look like my daddy. There's no denying it. Amen. You look like your daddy. 
You've been refathered from above. The, the, the Greek, in, in, when, it, when Jesus said in, in, in chapter, I think in John chapter uh, uh, 3, he said, you must be born again. What he was saying is you must be refathered from above. Amen. The way that your dad and your mom act in the natural, the way that your, your natural family has orchestrated things and set things up, those things are not who you, who you really are. When you've been born again, you've been refathered from above with fresh DNA that doesn't give in to temptation, with fresh DNA. That doesn't that doesn't have to identify with, with with things of a sexual nature that aren't right. You have been refathered with with a DNA that causes you to reign in finances and to see things from a heavenly perspective and not just be bound to the way that the natural world system works. You've been re re-engineered. The, your DNA spiritually have been re-engineered so that you that you can reign in life through Christ Jesus. A son and daughter of victory, a son and daughter of freedom, a son and daughter of joy, a son and daughter of liberty, a son and daughter of the Holy Ghost, a son and daughter that flows in the presence, a son and daughter that reigns in life in Christ Jesus. This is who you are. This is who you've been created to be. This is what God has designed for you to walk in to be carriers of the identity of Christ, to be ministers of reconciliation so that you can call people back to the, to the destiny that God has created them for, so that you can live as an example, as a shining beacon before the whole world to stand up and say, look, this is who God has created us to be. This is what he's made us to be. You too are created for this. Hallelujah. God has created you for this. This isn't something you have to wait around for. This is something you begin to identify with because it's who you are. Father, we thank you tonight for the word of God. We thank you for the reality of who we are in Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you there's some things that we can, we can step our, our, our living out of in, Father God. And, and Father, it's not a, it's not a thing that, that is a, 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 of pressure or of, a, a, of something we have to try real hard to do. But Father, rather, it's a thing that we have to begin to believe and to begin to respond to. It's a thing we have to begin to see in the word. Yes, it, it, it isn't difficult. Yes, it is isn't hard, but yes, it does take time to look into the Word of God and see the truth of what God says about you. So begin to step your 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 time up, looking and dwelling on the presence of the Lord and in the Word of God, and begin to step your time up, meditating on the truth of the Word and what God has declared about who you are. For as you begin to meditate and as you begin to think and as you begin to roll over the truth of the Word of God, it will begin to renew your mind and it will cause you to rise up and live out and prove what is the good and the perfect and the acceptable will of God. Oh, for it is alive in my word, the reality, the power, and the ability to change your situation, to change the circumstance, to change the things that you're looking at, to change the things that you're thinking on. It's in my word. And so, yes, it's not difficult. And yes, it's not hard. But yes, it does take the ability to trust and to look into the truth of my word. Oh, Father, we thank you. Father, help us this week to take the time to look into the word in these areas where the enemy might be speaking lies. Father God, let us be wise enough to recognize if the enemy's speaking a lie in a situation, it's because he's trying to keep us from the very thing that he's lying about. Help us be wise enough to get into the word of God and to see the truth 
and believe the truth instead of the lie. Father, help us be the ones that will boldly say, I will believe the report of the Lord. I will believe the report of the Lord. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.